Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So, take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. We're literally 72 hours away from Tom Tobojevic and Latrell Mitchell gracing us in their presence in Vegas. I cannot wait to watch that. And in here for this one, we have my top guns and the value targets heading into round one. I've deleted everyone I don't think is close to an option or, or definitely won't be in that round one team, which we were hoping for, which you saw in those other videos that I did on the guns, the value and I'll be getting out my cashies video tomorrow, I believe as well. And uh, I think there's a good chance you get my team reveal tomorrow uh, a little bit earlier than usual, just because we're, we're focusing on locking in these guys for Sunday. And I'm also going to be allowing for any potential changes on Saturday and Sunday. And that will be kept for the private group guys to find those that information out. So if you are interested in, in learning my you know week to week trades, last minute kind of stuff that, that can happen, um, then then jump in that private group, guys. All the, the details are in the description. We're up over 150 people. Super exciting. A big thank you to all of you guys who have joined and all of you guys for watching these videos because that is the second best way to support myself. But obviously in the private group, you get the competitions um, and the like as well on top of all the advice for myself and everyone else on a one-to-one -one basis. So we had scoops, best guns, value, and uh cashies yesterday which has done really well and i appreciate all you guys and, and how much you you really enjoy scoops thoughts and his content uh so yeah big thanks to, to Lockie and um and all you guys for watching so for us here we're going to look at the guns and then the value for each position all in one hit so, so you can see it all in one on one screen and then you can make your decisions on that guys so up top there, I've got uh, Harry Grant in the number one position. So he's clearly the best hooker by far. And the question really is, can you afford him and you know and cover round four as well? The toughest start. That's a big question mark with Grant, but I do think he is the best option. Robson you get for the entirety of the, of the first part of the season, all the way through until if he was to play Origin around 13. But if he doesn't, you get him all the way to around 16. I believe they have a 16 and a 19 buy so a game off for him in those whereas grant you've got the buy in round four and you've also got him out from round 13 and you're selling him from there anyway so there's definitely merit in going for a robson a marshall king something like that or potentially one of the value guys here in a lustic hands or a brandon smith but personally with grant he was more expensive than this last year absolutely brained at the start of the year and he's cheaper this year and he, he sort of hurt me. I felt like it hurt me last year, not owning him. Getting Robson early was was helpful, like in round two. But um, yeah, he was still a good portion behind that of Harry, and, and he's a bit safer. So I think that's where I'll be going with Harry. But um, Robson was, is my second best option in this category, uh, even over that of, of Brandon Smith, just, I believe, at this point. 
Um, but I think if you can pick Harry, that's where I'm going to go. Robson, as I said, you get him all the way through that. Um, the trial didn't look incredible, but I suppose with him, if the team is a bit better defensively, they should have a better structure and he should miss less tackles um, and be involved in some attacking stats, that's for sure. So he'll definitely do a job for you. And then Marshall King, guys, I think it's hard to take him from the trials. He, he played you know big, big minutes and, and didn't end up scoring big points under 30 at that. So... He does need the attacking stats, which we saw at the at the beginning of last year. And you know, no Tom Gilbert doesn't help, but um, I think they'll be able to cover him in in a way. But I think he's going to be getting you know try to assist from like Flagler and his guys on the edge in a Lem or a Kafusi as well. Uh, we did just get the news, guys, that Aiken isn't going to be getting the job, which is what I thought. I thought it was going to be Lem and Kafusi and um, Ted Ted Roker, I think it is who um, who covers the Dolphins. There has said that. Aiken is uh, training with the reserves, but could be on the bench, which doesn't help us at all. Anyway, so Marshall King, that is him. Obviously, the round three bye um, doesn't help, but he, he started really well last year. For the hooker value stocks, guys, you've got Lusik and or Hand. So which one of them gets the sort of 70 to 80 minute roll? He's going to be in my team, obviously, but there is potentially some switching risks between them. And the question mark now is, is are both of them going to be in the 17? And if they are, then we will have to avoid. But if they get the job then they'll have value and they'll be in all of our sides one of them if they don't that you know brings the question mark of do you just start with brandon smith and have him potentially with one of the other guns or have him with one of the cheapies who we'll speak about in in that next video tomorrow so there are the two question marks there because you, brandon smith is the only one out of this list that locks out and once we get the team listed next week if lusik or hands isn't in that squad then sorry if, if only one of them is is in that isn't in that squad and it's the two of them then we have some issues with that hooking position because then like my, my question mark is then to myself is do i just do i just start with harry grant as the uh, the sole hooker and then fix up that position in the first few weeks and that's probably be where i will go at the moment likely harry grant and lusick or hands and uh make those decisions from from there once we find out the team list next week again guys only players that, that play this weekend lockout, your vice and your captain, everyone else you can move around all the way through until they, they play. So that's the um, that's the conundrum we have here. I think with Brandon Smith, obviously the jewel's good. I think we're going to have enough mids, to be honest with you. So hook is his most important part. That's where he's playing. You have some upside. I think he'll get that 60 to 65 minutes now that Sandon Smith is there. He played a lot of those type of minute games in... Um, in those, uh, sorry, in those games when Sam Smith was with him last year, and he did look pretty good, apart from almost dying twice in that All Stars game. He did look good in that and copped a knee in the in the cheek kind of thing at the end there. But um, he'll be a good one, guys. If you do go with Brandon Smith, I will not push you away from him. That's for sure. Let's go to the mids, guys, and and the guns in this category. You've got Payne Haas. I'm gonna I'm gonna put him as the number one ranking. I think very clearly the best scorer in this position. Him and Isaiah Yo. The difference between the two of those guys is he doesn't have the early buy. Isaiah Yo has the earliest buy in round five. So it's not crazy, round five, but it does mean you'll miss out on a 63 or whatever scorer that Isaiah Yo is in that week, which you don't have with, with Payne Haas. Haas also locks out early this week, so you can pop the VC on him. You can put the captaincy on him if you if that's the way you want to play this. And um, we know that they're very both very, very consistent and the two clear top options for points. I think, in the midsection there. You're not really going to get any value out of him, and that's why some of these other guys below are potentially guys that you could slot into your side, right? So Cam Murray's next on the list at number three. He just had so many demerits last season. I definitely think he expects some bounce back on that front. 
they also struggled as a team mightily in the in the mid in the mid to back half of the season after being first round 13 they missed the eight right so the team can definitely have some bounce back he'll he can continue with some of his uh, try scoring and attacking ways in a better team obviously but we know that they do like to spread it to left and right so i'm not sure how much that extra attack for the team will help him because he did score a few tries in the like last year anyway but a very good vc option for round one obviously playing over in vegas as well with Payne Haas. so that's that Kevin McInnes, guys. So he's a he's an interesting one. He's been named co-captain. There's been talk of him playing a little bit of hooker or, or training there a fair bit. So is this the year that Blake Braley goes from 80 minutes down to a 65 minute role and and try to get a little bit more sort of flair out of him and, and maybe a little bit more longevity rather than sort of playing the 80 minutes for a smaller guy each and every week. So there's talk of that, but none of that is set in stone, and that's why he's a little bit further down the the list. But we know with him, he has really high upside because if he can get if he can get that 60 minutes, he's a 61-point guy when he plays lock. The second question is, does he actually get the lock position? If he's on the bench, then you can't touch him. But if he's in the starting side, then you can definitely look at him. And uh, 50 minutes gets him right around his 50 points. You should expect 50 minutes for McInnes. I think he's a really important player for this Shark side and probably been a little bit underutilized in the last few years just um, to shore up their defense through the middle, that's for sure. But if he can get 55 to 60 minutes, then it's all gravy from there and he can make that 100K. My sort of guess here, if that was the way and he got the minutes that we want, it'd be 45 to 50 in the middle and then anywhere between 10 to 15 at hooker as captain. All question marks that you um that you need to have. So there's more more questions than answers, I think, with McInnes and he would be a little bit of a risk. Tohu Harris, guys. So with him, he should start really, really well. And if, sorry, I haven't got the, um, the prices on there for these guys, but... Um, you can check the app obviously yourself and um, they've been in, in, in all the other videos just want to make this a little bit shorter and sharper given it um, is a split TLT and a split round one because we're going to be doing something similar to this next next week um, when we you know, get further information but <clears throat> sorry that cash cows videos will be pretty heavy come come next week especially when we find out a bit more information and we're clearly locking in our team so yeah Toa Harris guys He's going to start really well. He has the last few years, and this is when he's going to be the freshest and his body's going to be the best. I do expect him to play pretty high minutes, and I'm expecting anywhere between sort of 50 and 60 points to kick off the season, priced at a 53, I believe. Um, he could be a really, really solid guy that you can hold throughout the entirety of the year, given they have... Uh, he's not going to be playing Origin. Jack DeBellin, guys, has moved down my list, and the other one I, I had I really liked in the, in the off-season, the pre-season, was Scott Sorensen. So he's not in this video at the moment given he's got a leg issue and I, I imagine that even if yeah he's going to be likely starting round one but they got Luke Garner and I do expect him to cover some Sorensen minutes given he hasn't played any preseason games maybe he comes out and plays 60 and that we want him closer to 80 so I've left out Sorensen DeBellin I've called on him a little bit he didn't look great in the trial he did miss a bunch of tackles as well and um, that's definitely a worry with him running he didn't look as elusive as he did last year and, and that's where his value was massive minutes the elusiveness the tackle bot and we're also not sure how many minutes he's going to play as they have more middles now the other news we actually just got guys was Lucy Leilua sounds like he won't be able to play the first two games I think he's got charged by the NRL potentially for his DUI I'm not exactly sure but looks like he's going to be or it's something to do with the transfer of the contract but anyway he'll be out for a couple of weeks so that would help DeBellin a little bit, but I also think that um, it's not worth it gambling on DeBellin at his price when you can go for some other options, cheaper or similar price with like Murray and the like, or go above. So the mid-value guys. So I do have Ruben Cotter on top now, guys. 
That, um, that trial the other day looked good. They obviously have lost a couple of middles in the last month with Tanua Brown and also Cohen Hess. Very, very sad news today that he's done his ACL. Uh, prayers up for him, and hopefully he can get back to footy, obviously, next year, and, and it all goes smoothly, the surgery in the next week or so. Because uh, he, he's been a much better for the cows, obviously, becoming a middle. So, Cotter now, he... Um, with the captaincy, the you know importance is placed on him a little bit more, and I just think that the downside is very limited, and the upside is closer to those those fifties numbers, and um, yeah, I think he's someone that you can lock into your team fairly comfortably. Guys, I still think um, Terrell May is is still a really good option. I'm not sure if I'm going to go for him. It's probably unlikely at this stage, but just want you to know that I do think he's going to do great. And I, I may just um, offset my losses here for not owning him by having him in Supercoach. So I, I do own him in some capacity and can watch him and not be like this and, and hate it every time he uh, tackles or makes a cracking run for two every set or whatever it's going to be. Um, but minutes and stuff, we're just not exactly sure. So that's the big question mark with, with Terrell. Is it good in the first week, not so good in the second onwards? That's the big question, but I think you'll do really well round one. David Totola, less upside than that of May, and that's why I have him below. Similar price. Definitely think he can make you sort of 7 to 10 points of value comfortably enough, right? He plays over in uh, Vegas, though, as well with, with Terrell. So that's something that I don't know if that hurts him or not. There's also some cheaper options, which will go through in the edge position as well. But um, Totola, really solid option, guys. Under 500k, you can't really go wrong with him. Adam Elliott. Obviously more expensive. I popped him down the list a little bit, so I've cooled on him a bit. I still think he's going to have a cracking season, but I think he's going to work into it. And uh, was it Brian Tui? Barry? Barry Tui that um, is the correspondent for the Knights came out and said that Lucas is going to split minutes with KPP, which is what we thought. And Adam Elliott is going to be in the mid-50s for minutes. And I think that'll be to start and then you know see what happens if they lose a middle forward or something, then he could easily go into the 60s. But um, he just... I think he's obviously fit. He said he's fit, but I think he's working his way back into sort of the feel of the game and playing big minutes and where he needs to step up and uh, all that all that kind of stuff, given he was a very stop-start season last year and hasn't played this role for a long period of time. He's done it in spurts and done really well. So I think he'll eventually make a good amount of money. Not sure if it's going to be from round one. He just didn't show me enough in the trials to, to really push for him at 570-odd when there's cheaper options. So that's where I'm at. He's still number four. Karen, I've still got number five because I think with these DPP, so the dual position with mid and edge guys, and very, very likely to sort of to be 45 to 50 minutes as a middle forward, if that's the case, he had an, a virus the other day. That's why he didn't play more minutes in the trial. So I think he can still make money at that and be very close to a point a minute type of guy. And and that would be enough for him to make cash. So I'm, I'm not completely against him and off him. At over 500K though, again, there's some guys that are priced in the, the low 30s. Um, there's obviously guys... Like um like Terrell, like Totola, that could all do a good job for you as well. And you know what type of minutes that sort of Totola is going to get. May has probably a little bit more upside um, in terms of a PPM, just a bit above a one, a lot above a one actually. With um Karen, you're probably expecting near a one in the middle. So yeah, not not a completely against him. If you're looking at him, I think you'll still do well. Flegler. I think for him, there's five points of value. He's likely as the alpha. Gilbert's gone. There's a lot of of um things you know in in his favor obviously the buy in round three is not great but i think the flegler should do well for those that do decide to pick him up i think he's fairly expensive but i wouldn't push anyone away from him anymore now the gilbert news that just kind of shores up the the middle a bit there was some talk today that's 
from that same guy, Ted, that um, Max Plath was was training at 13. And if you look at him in in fantasy, he's priced at 540-something on a 42 average. Um, and he's a half, which is funny. So he'd be half and mid-jewel, which would be pretty crazy. But um, it'd be hard to take him at that price. I wish it was in the 300s or something like that. Then we could look at him for sure. But Jai Arrow, guys, the last one on this list in the in the mid-values. And a big thanks to all of you guys for being here. Discord link is in the description, guys. The um, you know, we've got the podcast. I've got my socials, TikTok. I'm, I'm posting there. I'm going to post some short and sharp ones just before the start of the season, and that's growing nicely. And uh, obviously, yeah, have a look at the private group as well. All of that is in the description, guys. Arrow there, 41 and 50 minutes last year. He had four games under the 31-minute mark. Really, the question mark with him is we are unsure of the edge minutes. Okay, so does he play 60 straight on an edge? Does he play less like 30 or 40 and then move to the middle a bit they do have jacob hosts on there which we weren't sure was going to get there i just think there's a lot of question marks with arrow he's fairly expensive so i think you can leave him obviously the seventh ranked guy on my list there for sure all right so we move to the edge guns rankings for round one guys and we've got jermaine hopgood up top c is a jewel obviously with the mids as well he you have him up with those those guys there Dual superstar, like I think he's going to do really, really well this year. He's also a good vice captain option as well. I suppose the other notable guy to mention up top was like a you know Pat Carrigan that um, I think you're going to get a lot of consistency with Patty. And um, yeah, you can't go wrong with him either. But I, I'm not personally looking at him, so I'm going to um, leave him out of that list. So yeah, Hopgood's going to be great. Someone you should look at for sure. Elikatoa. For him, I think I'm expecting a 50 average and he's a little bit underpriced. And the talk was like, oh, if Bloor was going to get the start, then we select Bloor over Katoa because they have a similar upside. But Bloor's likely not there anymore. So does that mean Katoa is the guy that you do look at if you want to spend up a bit of cash at the edge without going crazy in the 650s? I think he's definitely an option. But again, the tougher start, the round four buy could push you away and maybe he's an awesome round five pick or something like that. So definitely look at that for Katoa. And um, he'll be good over the origin period as well, if that's the case. Preston, I'm putting in next over Tyson Frizzell. I think he's super reliable with some upside in, in his second year and and really stepping up. He scored a try in the trial games and uh, he looks awesome. And I think defensively and all that, he'll he'll be more hardened to the, to the NRL and, and do a really good job. So popping him just over Frizzell because Frizzell's been there a long time and he's a reliable gun. And uh, we'll leave it with that for Frizzell. If you like him, if you really like the Knights um, by schedule, and he's uh, he's an awesome purchase because I when I went through that previous video where I was looking at the um, the buy period for all of these teams, you'll notice in that one. If you go back and check, as I said, go back to it every sort of uh, few weeks, guys, and check that video out. It's really cool. But um, with the Knights, they're probably the best team that you could actually hold guys for the entirety of the year and not have to sell them. Where where each of the other ones, there's a high chance you do have to sell them. The edge value rankings for round one, guys. So I do have Helam Luki up top. It's a pretty crazy kind of list there. And a few of these guys I had to delete and a few guys are in there still. But um, yeah, not exactly sure how that's going to play out with them, obviously. So with Helam Lukey, guys, he is someone that has a tremendous amount of upside there, obviously. It's superb, as I've written. So the trial, he looked great. He got plenty of runs, which is exactly what he wasn't getting when he was um, when he was playing previously. They weren't using him enough. And I think that this year they're deciding that if Lukey's our guy, we're going to use him plenty. Whereas last year, Lucy Leilua was getting a lot of those runs. And they do seem to like going to that left edge back rower, obviously with Lucy last year. So I think it's great for him. He has try scoring upside. He didn't 
um, get any uh, of those type of stats on the weekend. And, and Ethan Strange was sort of wrapped around his ankles for a lot of the game, tackling him around there and did a really good job of it. So I think Lukey's hard not to take, but there are a couple of guys below him and obviously in the um, in the midsection as well that are, that are cheaper than him. So yeah, just under 500K, something to note. But Satili Tupanua, guys, is the next one on the list. I have him just over Wong. So main reasons here. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out of pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Uh, the dual position. He's a little bit cheaper at 20K, 22K cheaper. He also has done it for a long time before. Like he's been a loved member of this side for a long time. So I think it's hard for you not to take him. He got good minutes in the trial as well. Whereas Wong kind of came off the bench on the right-hand side as well, which Tupanua is likely to be on. So, but Wong also played on the right, I believe, in the finals and stuff last year. So that'll be interesting to see where that ends up. You've got Nat Butcher on the bench. Both of these picks feel a little bit gross to me, if we're being honest. But when they're priced at 30, 30 or 30 and a half, whatever it is, 31 for a Tupanua and 32 for a Wong, it is so hard not to take both of them because you're looking at guys that really, if they were to play 55 to 60 minutes, they should be getting 30 points, right? They should be hitting their break even. But they get if they get any more minutes with that, if they happen to get a try in that, then that is the upside that you're looking at with Tupanua. He's a, very much a try scorer. If the Roosters happen to have a really good season, they don't have a buy for a good while. These are all big, big questions that uh, can be very, very helpful for you when picking these two guys. So let's just say they both get 60 minutes. They probably don't have a, a tremendous amount of upside each, but they still have sort of seven to 10 points of value with 60 minutes, in my opinion. And then any more than that for one of them, then there's higher upside into the into the teens. And that's probably what you're looking at. And I suppose if you go with both of them from round one, you could then trade one of them out if if they happen to to not get the spot or if Nat Butcher eats into their minutes. Or I think Angus Crichton, we can say that he's not clearly in the in the picture right now. So it'd be Nat that we're, they're kind of, we're kind of worried about in that one. We're not worried about Egan. He'll be a middle forward and that's why he's missed this side. So with Tupanua and Wong, both really good options, but Tupanua has a couple extra benefits, I think, than, than that of Wong. Wong's side of things is that he's a second-year player with tremendous upside. So he has higher upside than that of Tupanua, given Tupanua is a bit older in this side. Wong showed us in the finals last year with a 71 what he can do. But if you go back to the analysis I did on the value edges and when I went through CR Wong, I mentioned that he played three games 
at 70 plus minutes and then he played four games at 50 minutes so or the other way around one of the two and that ended up with him sort of having about 11 points of value if you put all that together but that is including those big minute games and and will that happen in some games obviously the easiest thing to to see with these edges if there's any injuries in this team right if there's an injury to a middle forward if there's injury to an outside back it's very, very likely that sort of Sandon Smith will, will come on and they'll move someone to an edge. Is it going to be one of these guys? Will it be a Nat Butcher come off the bench and, and take an edge spot? I think that could be likely. Wong did it a couple of times actually in the, um, maybe once in the finals and once in a regular season where he actually moved to the edge. So that's something as well. And there's a little bit of a worry, but um, I suppose let's just probably hope that there are no injuries to like a, an outside back because that's where these guys could be moved. Wong especially, I think Tupanua, you probably he's more used like an edge in the middle, and they've got other guys for that. But um, if you want, an, if there are to be an injury or concussion or something like that, you want it to be a middle forward because that helps these guys with elevation of of uh, of their minutes and points. So something to note for both those guys for sure. I think Wong has the biggest minutes risk just at the moment because he didn't play massive minutes in the trial. So that's where we're at with those two, and I think we'll leave it at that. Hopefully that was comprehensive enough for you guys. I'm potentially taking both of them into Sunday and then yeah we've got uh what the only thing I forgot to mention guys was that anyone who's 400k and below are in the cash cows video so that's gonna be fun as well Blory's up next if he gets the spot I would take him over lane he has the upside but the question mark is does he get the start and you know the minutes and the legs and stuff wasn't there in the trials so again similar worries to that of Wong Sean Lane he is he gonna get the 80 minutes he came off the bench in their trial with Kelmatulangi starting were they just trying to see where Kelmer would fit if he's good as like a starter or he's good as like an impact guy. But that does give worries to Sean Lane. I wasn't excited about him already and now I'm less excited about him. So we're going to move on on Shawnee Lane. For the half guns, guys, up top for me, it's Cleary. Best captain option. He has the highest upside. That's why he's the best captain option and a fairly low downside. He started pretty poor last year, but I suppose, can he do that again? Sure, but it didn't really hurt us too much because, you know, round five, I think, or whatever it was, he got 100. Round four, he got 80. Jamal Foggs, he was put on ice in the trials, but he is so important for this team. And you're looking at him as someone who has about that 40 mark in base. So everything from there is upside. He's priced in the mid 40s. I just think that he's someone that is so important to this Raiders side. And we saw what happened with Johnson last year. I don't think he has 60s upside, but I think he has 50s upside. So take 10 points away in attack that um, Johnson was getting. And Foggs could be an early 50s guy pretty comfortably. And Still definitely clearly looking at him in my side, given he's a bit cheaper than the next three options. And that's Mitchell Moses there. I think for him, he's potentially five points of value if he cleans up his missed tackles that he got in the weekend. Yeah, he had seven. He's had that in a few games. There's one where I was watching him in the back end when I owned him after holding him through Origin. He had like 11 missed tackles and that was an absolute killer. But the Eels are likely to, to improve as well and he's going to be on the back of that and his scoring is going to be really, really helpful uh, it was really going to be helped by this Eels team being good. And he's got Bryce Cartwright, he's got Penasini, and big Shawnee Russell on that right-hand side. He will um, he should do really well. Sean Johnson, guys, uh, the Warriors are flying. I'm not going to push anyone away from Shawnee J. He was incredible last year, and he looks just as good. Potentially, the question mark is, will he run as much in this side? But he's got Roger on the left-hand side now. He's got Kurt Cable next to him, and and that's all going to be great, I think, for, for Sean this year. And, and he could definitely average close to where he's at. So I'm not pushing anyone away from grabbing Sean. And then Nico Hines, I got him in the, the fifth spot now. That He's got a quad strain. The question here is, does he play or does he actually kick goals or kick in general play 
in round one. So Hines, I'm putting down the order on this one just for those reasons. And we'll look at him after either, you know, early on in round two or three or after his buy in round six will be the play for Nico. All right, I wanted to put a couple of half value uh, options here for round one. And I had um, previously had like Sean O'Sullivan and stuff. He's coming off a concussion. Aiden Caesar, I think, was in there. But I'm going to go with Braden Trindle and Luke Metcalf. So if the thoughts here that Hines doesn't kick too much or he's he's lost a bit of the, uh, you know, if he loses the goal kicking or something like that, then he could be a guy that you, you do really look to have in round one. And it could be like similar to what happened last year with Hines being out for three rounds. Does Trindle take all of the kick meters? Does he take the goal kicking and, and help this Sharks team start well? They have a fairly nice start apart from the Warriors in round one. So... That's what you're looking at with Trindle. It's more if, if Hines wasn't to play or we hear that he's not kicking goals. For Metcalf, with the Warriors humming as well, I just think that Lukey hasn't showed us everything yet and he can definitely have a big improver of a year and he has Roger Tuovasa-Shek next to him. So, you know, the injuries are there and stuff for Luke, but I think that he's definitely someone that could have an increase this year. So if you were looking at him, I'm not going to push you away. Um, Supercoach, I'm looking at him more actually for those playing both. Let's move to the center. Guns, guys, the centers and the wing fullbacks left. Thanks so much for making it all the way through to this part of the video. You're absolute legends for supporting my content there. Center guns. Will Penasini, guys, he is a bit cheaper than the options below him, right? And he looks to have taken the leap with sort of a minimum of four points of Moses value. So when Moses is in the team, he's a 46 guy, 42 without him. That also included the Eels who are struggling at the back end of the year. And, um... Yeah, as I said, he's definitely, he looks like he's improved and his hair's grown. So muscles, hair grown means gun points. That's it. Yeah, it's a good chance to lock in my side for sure. Val Holmes, next on the list. I really do like the look of him in, in people's sides if they have sent me them. The team was poor last year. He's always consistent. And I think the improvement of the squad should help him with the goal kicking and the like. But that Scott Drinkwater left to right pass is a, is a thing of beauty. So yeah, Holmes on the, on the left. So how much does that... Uh, hinder him in the attacking part of it but yeah, we'll see Dan guy he is number three on the list guys it's uh it would be crazy to start with him given he's priced ridiculously high but he's the best scorer in position i have to include someone who is the best scorer i won't turn you away the knights didn't look incredible in that trial but um he should score well i just think he'll be back in the high 40s probably and lose you a bit of cash so i won't be starting with him and then isaac tungle guys in the fourth spot there. I think the team's going to be awesome again. He is an awesome player. So he has to be uh, a thought in people's sides. And if you do come to come to me with him in your side, I'm not going to push you away from that. Let's go to the center value now, guys. And uh, I had Aiken up top. And that was just before I literally found out the news just before um, we got to this video. But if he does actually start in round one, if there's an injury or something like that, if he gets a spot, he's hand down, hands down the best option in the center value. Under 550 is what I'm doing for center value or close to that 550 mark. He will be a must-have in in people's sides to buy in round three. But um, yeah, that looks like it's not going to happen now. So Bailey Simonson, he's the next on the list. And, and the big thing for him is obviously the jewel. I think he has a little bit of value, three to, f yeah, got three to eight points. He could definitely do if he, if the team improves and he looks like he has improved. But the big question now, with Sivo out for three games, I think it does help having Sivo on your left, sure. That's a, a little bit of a loss. But Simonson could be the one to move to the wing spot if Morgan Harper was to get the center spot. 
They could either do that or they keep Simonson at center and they put Hayes Dunstra on the wing and I don't think that helps him either. I'm not even going to put Hayes Dunstra as an option, guys, in the wing fullbacks, just an FYI because his scoring is horrendous. Um, and that right side looks really, really strong. So that's where I'm at with Simonson. If he was to be named in the centers, I'm definitely looking at him. If he isn't named in the centers and he's on the wing, I am avoiding like the plague. So that's that. Someone you know that has the position locked down and is looking for a bit of a bounce back, which is what I was speaking about all preseason. And then the trials absolutely show that that is potentially going to be the case. He looked absolutely awesome and he was used better. So I suppose that could be very helpful for that of Flanagan, who we'll speak about in the Cash Cows video. But on that left-hand side, it won't be in the first few games. It might be Jaden Sua in the first few games, who, who looked incredible. But when it's not him, it's going to be Lucy Leilua. He's got Ravalawa on that left-hand side as well. I think he's going to get a lot of his points through running, right? Tackle breaks, tries and try assists. That would be ideal if he can pick up tries and try assists because that's something that's lacked in his game over the last few years. So if that was to increase a bit, then he has some value for sure and there's a really solid value option, a mid-range option in a position that could be pretty tough unless we do get Mr. Uh, Mr. Ethan Strange rather than Weeks in that center position could be worse or, or better, obviously, depending on who gets it. Jesse Raymond, guys, you can't not talk about him because he has upside in the 70s, which you saw in the first five games last year. Pretty nice draw for the Sharkies, apart from round one. He's probably got the highest chance of, of making money is what I had in there. Like, Aiken's not going to get the spot. I think, yeah, Raymond could start hotter than Simonson and Suli. Suli and Simonson probably a little bit more of like a they'll make take the step up above their average, but kind of hang. Raymond could go 70-60 like he did last year and, and go bang, but then obviously be like this with his money-making potential. So that's Raymond. Not going to push you away from him either. Dean Mariner, guys, a full 50K. The duel is a little bit awkward. He's in a good team. He's super talented, obviously. He's at the wing spot, which is great, but how long does he get it? If he has one bad game, is he gone? Broncos have a tougher draw. There's, there's a few things to think about, but I definitely think that he could come out and score well. I did say that he might have a, in my hot takes that he might have a, a few quiet weeks and then just because he doesn't get a lot of ball or whatever, however it works out with the tougher draw and then he'll start to make some good cash. So that's where I'm at with the centers. Finish it off, guys. Again, thanks for being here. Wing fullback guns. So Kalen Ponga is up top. I have a lot of options in this one, which is going to be a fun one. But he's the best fullback in this list, clearly, because um, he has upside if he plays like he did the second half of the year. Close to 10 points of, of value if that's the case, but it's likely to be sort of a, a 55 to 58 guy and and start really well. He's fit, he's firing, no reason why he can't. Tommy Trebojevic, my thoughts on him have obviously increased. I did not have him as a, a clear option a while ago, but watching that Manly documentary, of course, I'm going to get sucked in by that, but the, the talk of him being the fastest he has been and the fittest in the last couple of years. So that's massive news. And we saw what he did averaging 80 and 21. I'm expecting it to either be about the 60 mark or a 45 average. And he's priced at 47. So he's not really going to hurt you if he averages 45. 60 is the, the upside for me. There's not a lot of downside apart from the injury risk. So if that was the case, then then that's where it could be you know, 30 or something like that. So 30, 45 or, or 60. If that's enough for you, I think you should um I think you should go for it. Really, I'm not going to push you away from that at all. Latrell Mitchell, I think he's a good option with a tougher start. Very much the same with Reese Walsh. They both could score what they are priced at, go a little bit above that, have some big games, you know, it's like volatility with these wing fullbacks. Both could be a really, really cool option. 
Scotty Drinkwater, see, he's the next on the list there as I'm fixing up my numbers. And uh, with Scotty, really the question here is that you need to make sure his running game is on because on the weekend, he had three try assists and only got like 30 points, right? I'm not going to start with him because of last year, but if you do, I'm not going to push you away from him because he looks absolutely incredible. And that trials exactly showed that for me, that he is the you know, focal point of this attack and they need everything to go well from him for this team to go well, I think. That if everyone can step up a little bit, they could be an elite team, but Drinkwater has to be elite. And um, But it, his running game is where he's going to obviously get the meters, the tackle breaks, the offloads and the like. Didn't have to show that on the weekend, but he will show that, I think, throughout the first bunch of games. And if you start with him, again, I won't push you away. Tedesco, he looked way better in the trial than last season. It sounds like he's doing faster speeds, which is which is good. So body's a little bit better and surely the roosters improve from here. So Teddy, I won't push you away again, but a fairly tough draw to start. Also, all of the good teams seem to have a tougher draw. Um, just seems to be how it goes. Dolphins, Titans have a bit of an easier one. Cowboys as well. Uh, Taylor May. Here we go. It's an interesting one. I didn't think really think of it too much until the other day, but he's going to get the jewels. He'll be a center and a fullback, wing fullback jewel, right? He's super talented. He's in a great team. He, he came back red hot. He could have scored 70 plus if that final try was was given. And um, definitely not someone I'd push you away from. A 600K, it's a little bit awkward, but um, and the tougher draw with the buy in round five. So that's probably the slight worry with Taylor. But could be a really good option following that. Roger, two of us to share. We had to put him in this list because he looked amazing, right? The dual position he's going to get, wing fullback and center. So again, a little bit more expensive than Taylor at 619. That's why I'll push you to Taylor over, over Roger. But um, if you do like him, I'm not going to, again, won't push you away from him. He priced, he's priced like he scored in wing fullback at, at the fullback position though. So that's my kind of worry is that can he do that at the center position? He isn't a better team though. And that's something to really note that um, the improved team just give him more opportunities. That's for sure. And then finish it off with the wing fullback value rankings, guys. We do have Pap up top, obviously, the highest upside. But um, the draw is fairly tough to kick things off with the buy in round four. And he has no goal kicking. So that's why it's like if you actually wanted to go randomly for it and go against the pack and avoid him for the first few weeks, you're looking to get him in round five or six for sure. But um, you could get away with it. You could average like 30, lose a tiny bit of cash. You could get some better scoring somewhere else for sure. But I do think it's way too much of a risk to do it. But if you did have the balls to do it and it worked out, well well played to you. It'd be like, um, I suppose he has way more upside than that of like Brandon Smith. But if you did it with Brandon Smith last year, it was more expensive as well. Um, yeah, this seems like more of a risk than that of, of Smithy last year for sure. Jacob Kiraz, I have in the next spot, guys. There's a potential for him to play center this year or the start anyway given Blake Wilson was absolutely incredible I think he's improved and taken a big leap this year that they leave Wilson on the wing and Karaz plays at center and uh, Crichton on the other so right center for Karaz and if that's the case I think that you know defensively you get some good stats there he'll run the footy plenty I think he has some value if he gets that jewel and I'll if he starts if he's named in center in round one I'm likely to own him that's so valuable that jewel and uh, the back injury is the worry, and we didn't get to see him in trial. So he was put on ice for that, and hopefully he is back for that. And if that's the case, yeah, look into him for sure. Geordie or Arpanar, two to go, guys. The question mark here is how long does he play fullback? He's priced at 480-odd, and uh, he definitely has some scary volatility but has plenty of upside on the back end, hitting, having scores of in his last 10 of like 50, 60, 70, and 80. That's cool news. But again, how long is he going to be there and a year older for him? Can he continue to do that in a team that's just okay? Not sure. 
And then Selvin Cobo to finish, guys. He'll have um, the dual position, given he's uh, going to be playing a new position. Can he get to Herbie numbers? And if that's the case, he's five points undervalued. If he can't, he's learning the position. I think similar to that, Oswali'i last year, moving from the wing, which was his best position, to the centers, it dropped him a fair bit. That could happen to Cobo, or it could bring him up to Herbie numbers. But I do think Herbie, obviously, is more of an out-and-out -out center ball runner. Cobo, we haven't seen it yet. So that's the big question. But if you went for him again, I won't push you away. Guys, that was the guns and the value video for round one. We will do a quicker one next week if things have changed. Obviously, as well, once we get all of the um, teamless information, so we'll have new information on Kiraz, on Rapana, uh, all these types of guys. So we'll do that in another one, probably a bit shorter than this one. So yeah, just really thank you all for being here for this one. Um, really enjoy it. Enjoy the video. Like uh, I enjoy making them and, and putting in the effort. So um, all I ask for in return is that you watch these videos for as long as possible. That helps me uh, with the views, with the retention, all the good stuff that um, that's needed for me to grow on YouTube. So um, thanks for that again, and we'll catch you in the next few videos.